from the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach. You are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken LaVica. I truly had no idea that Stone Labanowitz was, uh, was Mr. Olympics. I certainly did not see that coming. Ken Levick alive here on ESPN 106.3, presented by... The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Tuesday. Visit fau.edu slash MBA Sport. I cut off the guy who's paid to have the deep voice. Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. It's Tuesday. It means he is hanging out with us until 2 o'clock as we start our number two. All right, so you watched figure skating last night? Yeah, I flew back and forth between figure skating and USA versus Canada women's hockey. Okay. There were good storylines in both of them, but my Twitter timeline had just flooded for some reason with this kid named Nathan Chen. Figu- what, what were the storylines, first of all? Well, <laughs> so in 2018, this figure skater Nathan Chen apparently like slipped and fell, uh-huh. almost like a disqualification thing, and he was a clear favorite, like 10 to 1 odds in 2018, and ended up losing. And so he's waiting four years. Hasn't been, he got injured, hasn't been able to do anything with COVID. Got it. Gets to come to Beijing in 2022. And the guy he was going up against had no shot to beat him, but was supposedly going for this quadruple axle mm-hmm. that scored you know, a crazy amount of points. Mm-hmm. It was the only way he was going to beat Nathan Chen. So the guy went out there, didn't land, the, didn't land that quadruple axle, and Nathan Chen just brilliantly, I've never seen anything like this in my life. He just, just jogged his way to gold and set a world record last night. It was wow. cool to watch. Like, wow. like the commentators and the way they set it up and you know, the story behind everything, I was like, this, is, this kid is the master of his craft. He's 22 years old. It was cool. Listen to how transfixed he is. Yeah. I mean, he is bought in. He is what, he's the type of person that NBC, that's why they decide to pay the billions oh, of dollars yeah. to carry the Olympics. Because of, because of, of, of pure souls like Stone Lebanowitz, who is now engulfed by the spirit of the games. Yeah. Uh, Nathan Chen, by the way, a world record, 113.97 points in the Minnesota Whoa. program. Well, hold on I don't know what that means, but it's a lot. World 113? 113.97. 0.97. But what so. does that mean? <laughs> Talk to me about 113.97 because, like, you said he's the Tom Brady of figure skating, so <laughs> give me a compare and contrast of what that means in NFL numbers. So you get, like, three – I think you get four to five jumps this or, like, tricks. Okay. Okay, that's how you score. <laughs> tricks. I don't so, think they're called so, tricks. <laughs> it, to me, it was, oh, nice trick. No, that happens so, after you compete. Yeah. <laughs> you get those when you, you get, get those. The, those are when the tricks start, yeah. So, so I mean, his first one, right, he, he just went up, jumped, and did this crazy spin, and boom, got hit with, like, an 18. And everyone else had their first spin had got hit with, like, 11. Okay. So I'm like, damn, you know, he's that much better. Damn. It was, like, compared to – like Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady jogging out uh, after a touchback on the 25-yard line and throwing four touchdown passes down the seam, like four verticals, just like Hail Mary, like boom, 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 wow. boom. Like Devontae Adams, Mike Evans, just right down the seam or right down the sideline, and they score. Like, like he was that perfection at the highest level. And that was the comparison. They were comparing him to the Tom Brady's, of, and he's 22 years old. And it was just, it was just, you know, uh, in their until accent. Nathan yeah. Chen's been doing it for 22 yeah. years, like Tom Brady, then maybe that's an apt comparison. To me, Nathan Chen, he failed one time, and now he's back on the highest stage, and maybe he'll win a championship. Uh-oh. I think Nathan Chen's more Aaron Rodgers. Oh, <laughs> I do. I like that. Or yeah. Mahomes, maybe. Or Mahomes, or Mahomes. yeah. Or Mahomes. He's still endless young talent. Enough. Yeah, he's still young enough. 
He has endless talent. He's flashy. Yeah. But only he's he's gonna have one ring after this one. Like you can't compare him to Brady. That's yeah. lazy. NBC, but, what are you doing? There you go back into your cave of doom and just <laughs> my cave of doom and sports despair. Yeah, yeah. My cynical my cynical sports takes. Now I'm sorry. I'm not. I can't. I, I can't ride with that Tom Brady Nathan Chen comparison. But sounds exciting. I'm glad you explained it to me instead of me watching it. Are you going to – so, again, it was a world record in the short program. Is that – yeah, okay, sure. All right, so what's on uh, – by the way, what happened in the U.S. and, uh, and, and Canada yeah, women's we hockey? Win? Canada gave it to us. Yeah. So how they do. was that good? How was that compelling? It, it was, yeah, what were the storylines there, Stone? To be honest, they I'm not sure where they find these girls, and I don't like saying that, but, like, I don't know where they came from. I'm like, are these college girls? Are these professional? I have no idea, but I They're just women, loved, first of all, Stone. They're <laughs> – they're, they're grown women. Some of them might be. Some might be like 17. Right? Yeah, maybe, maybe. I think so. And okay. they just, I just was a fan of them crashing each other into the boards and, and getting in the penalty box. Because I'm like, you know what? We're giving these, these girls a shot. Giving like, the go, work. go get it. Yeah. All right. And we lost. Good, good, break, good breakdown, Stone. <laughs> His go hockey breakdown was way less enthusiastic <laughs> yeah, than it was yeah. about Nathan Chen. Like, he's breaking down <laughs> Nathan Chen's life story. And they're like, what were the storylines for U.S.-Canada yeah. hockey? Uh, they were hitting each other. Yeah, no. Go get them. He said, I don't know where they found them. <laughs> yeah. Where yeah. are they finding these women on the Where did they find these girls? <laughs> like, go get them. <laughs> like, that? Stone, that was not exactly what I was looking for with the storylines to hockey, okay? I, I told you I was watching three hours of Nathan Chen. So I was like, oh, what's the score? <laughs> Flip the channel back. And then I go back to Nathan Chen, twirling oh, and jumping and flipping. Uh huh. So what's on tap for tonight? <laughs> I'm not sure. All right, you're just whatever's on. Yeah. You roll with it. He's, he's locked in. Yeah, I'll do my research lo- in a little he's bit. He's locked in. He's locked in on the Olympics. All right, good. Uh, our our own Jim McKay, may he rest in peace. Stone Lebanowitz here on Ken Levick Alive, and there is no way that Stone Lebanowitz actually got that reference. Uh, here with Theo <laughs> Dorsey, WPTV News Channel Five, WFLX Fox Twenty Nine. I'm Ken Levick. Uh, I- I'm trying to decide. If Brian Flores is purposely now just trying to torpedo his career. And I do think your perspective is important on this because I have not been able to get your perspective on this Brian Flores lawsuit against the NFL accusing um, the, the Giants and Broncos especially of uh, of skirting the Rooney Rule, of uh, major problems with diversity hiring in the NFL, which there are. There are. There absolutely are. Uh, and then also the Dolphins, Stephen Ross, paying him money, $100,000 per game to lose in mm-hmm. 2019. So Brian Flores, before he wrapped up this coaching cycle, the NFL wrapped up this coaching cycle, decided to bring forth this lawsuit. Certainly risky, right, with him still in the mix, especially for the Texans job. Uh, that was that was definitely risky, and I I applaud Brian Flores and his courage and his bravery to bring this to the forefront. It is a bold move that certainly could jeopardize his career. The Texans decided not to go the route of Brian Flores. They have hired instead Lovey Smith, who last year was on David Cauley's staff as the defensive coordinator. Lovey Smith, glorious beard and all, is now the new Texans head coach. Brian Flores and his team of lawyers Uh. released the following statement yesterday after the hiring of Lovey was made official. Quote, Mr. Flores is happy to hear that the Texans have hired a black head coach, Lovey Smith, as Mr. Flores' goal in bringing his case is to provide real opportunities for black and minority candidates to be considered for coaching and executive positions within the NFL. However... We would be remiss not to mention that Mr. Flores was one of three finalists for the Texans head coach position. And after a great interview and mutual interest, it is obvious that the only reason Mr. Flores was not selected was his decision to stand up against racial inequality across the NFL. 
end quote. Mm. I have been all for Brian Flores in this crusade that he is on. I agree with him, with what he's standing for. But Brian Flores has made a hell of a lot of assumptions throughout his media tour and in the contents of that lawsuit, assuming that the Giants had already hired Brian Dable, assuming that John Elway was hungover or drunk at the time that they met, and now assuming that the only reason that, again, fellow black man, Lovey Smith got hired is because Brian Flores had filed the lawsuit. Brian Flores undercutting the same thing that he's been fighting for with this lawsuit, to me, Theo, is a horrendous look on Brian Flores's part. It is, for one, the reason why two things I would diagnose with the situation. Number one is he needs more people, as in he needs other fellow head coaches, because this this is a real problem in the NFL. Yeah. And we don't have to go through the numbers. Like any, anybody that knows anything about what the NFL's hiring practices have been and firing practices with black head coaches, it's a problem, mm-hmm. right? I think it will help him a lot when he gets other black coaches or assistants to step up with him in this class action suit. But also, he may have picked the wrong lawyers. Like, there's no way that if Brian Flores had lawyers or a team around him, he needs a better team around him because if they had any – I don't want to say he shouldn't have hired two white lawyers to fight his anti-discrimination case against the NFL, but if those lawyers had any any bit of a better perspective about how that looks and to call out another black coach who has been successful and mm-hmm. even led a team to a, to a, a Super, Super Bowl, Bowl. Yeah. and say the only reason Brian Flores didn't get the job over the guy who also was an inside hire is because he was – Filing a suit, it was one of the reasons, but you can't say it's the only reason right. because now you're doing the very thing that people do to undercut and undermine black coaches in the NFL uh-huh. by saying, oh, they only got this because of this. They only do well in that offense because he's under Andy Reid or he's under a great play caller. Like, now you're being more part of the problem than you are exactly. the solution. It, it, to me, it, it undercuts the message. It undercuts the fight. That was stupid. It's stupid. It's disrespectful. And is an element of of that statement probably correct? Yeah, I'm sure the Texans backed away a little bit because Brian Flores is suing the entire NFL. It was wrong, though. The statement said the only reason. The only reason. You right. can't say that definitively. That's the key word. Exactly. There is no way to prove that. It is not definitive. Yeah. And Brian Flores, though he had two winning seasons with the Dolphins, did he go to the playoffs? No. Was Lovey Smith on the staff last year? Is there continuity there? Yes. Did Lovey Smith go to a Super Bowl? Yes. With Rex Grossman as with his quarterback. With Rex Grossman. Exactly. So do I think personally Brian Flores is a better NFL coach than Lovey Smith at this point in 2022? Yeah, I do. But to say that the only reason that Brian Flores is not the head coach of the Houston Texans and Lovey Smith is, Brian Flores and his lawyers are torpedoing what's left of Brian Flores' opportunity to be a coach in the NFL. And honestly, not just a head coach, but an assistant in any way, shape, or form. It comes off as petty. It comes off as sour grapes. It comes off as spiteful. It comes off as hateful. And, honestly, it is completely hypocritical to the message in the fight that Brian Flores is trying to carry out. It is. It diminishes all of the things he said last week. You're either for minority hires or you're not. 
Yeah. And this comes off as the latter when Brian Flores is attacking one of his own in this fight. And that's the problem. That, the reason why I say, again, I think he needs a better team. I don't think Brian Flores would have drafted that up himself. I don't think that was a Brian. I would like to at least assume, as we're doing assumptions here, that Brian Flores didn't want to go about it that way. But like we've seen on the interviews where his lawyers have stepped in with him and sat down with him and done interviews like the CBS one, yeah. they seem to be doing a lot of controlling of the message and a lot of interjecting and stealing the headline or the show. So I think that was more of a his team put a statement out thing. And I think if he had smarter, better lawyers with better perspective, maybe guys who uh, you know shared a similar background that he did, uh, or maybe guys who at least understand why you can't make statements like that in the midst of a discrimination lawsuit like that, then it wouldn't have came out. But that was a literal – I mean, it feels like they're purposely torpedoing yeah. this case. Like, did the NFL pay his lawyers off to right. say something stupid like yeah, that? Yeah, it, it is stupid. Like, it's just stupid. Did and anybody re, like, did anybody look at it and say, hey, maybe we shouldn't put this out? Yeah. It was stupid as I, I don't understand. Because it's, it's a direct shot at Lovey Smith. Yeah. Why? And you know what this is going to do? This is going to eliminate, it, uh, just like now, he'll never be hired by the Giants for anything. He'll never be hired by the Broncos for anything. The fact that this statement's put out, that that's another team crossed off the list, an organization that he will never work for. And, and I, I do, do I think Brian Flores, there was cause to fire him with the Dolphins? Yeah, and I've talked about it at length on this show. I, 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 in, in Friday Night Lights, Stone has heard me say, like, there were a number of reasons why I think Brian Flores, he got fired, and you know what? Willing to accept it. That's fine. Um, I want Brian Flores to work again. He can be a head coach. He can be effective. I want him to carry on this fight while also being employed in the NFL. This, this statement about Lovey Smith, it's just mind-numbingly dumb. I, I don't understand why a shot would be taken at Lovey Smith. And these are the highest price lawyers, though, that you're going to find. Anybody who's anyone in the legal industry says that that Brian Flores' lawyers, these are the gods. Yeah. These guys get stuff done. Me as the common fan, you as a fan, I look at this, though, you look at this, and I don't get it. Maybe it's because we're not we're not into speaking legalese and we don't understand the strategy, but I, I, for the life of me, Theo, cannot understand what they're trying to accomplish with that. I tried to rack my brain yesterday. Well, maybe, maybe this is an angle they could take. Maybe this is a stance they could take by sending this out. Maybe they're trying to prove this. I couldn't find one thing where this is beneficial to Brian Flores in any way, shape, or form. Any way, shape, or form. And maybe I'm an idiot, and maybe I need a lawyer to explain it to me, but this seems detrimental to the future of Brian Flores. Yeah, I don't see it either. And like you said, maybe there's a big brain lawyer side of it, whereas they're trying to prove something in court, they have to use that verbiage. But in the court of public opinion, this definitely hurts them. And it gives people the the opportunity to open the door to say maybe everything Brian Flores is doing mm-hmm. is wrong. And I think maybe he's just bitter. And, and you already know whenever, especially when a, a black person steps up to say something in America like, hey, maybe it's a little racist out here. People look for anything to attack that person's character or their case so that they can just ignore the fact that racism does exist in yeah. America still in 2022. And that was a stupid way to open the door to that. If this was Josh McCown, I'd say, all yeah, right, yeah. I get the statement. But I don't, I for the life of me, like I, I cannot think of one singular reason why this would be good for Brian Flores or why anybody would see this and say, damn right, I'm behind you, Brian. If anything, it's, it's divisive. It's divisive, 
and it really spoils the messaging of the last five days or so. Brian Flores, right now at this point, do you feel like he's to blame for his predicament? Is Brian Flores and his lawyers to blame right now for his predicament where he is not a head coach in the NFL? 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776, and you can tweet at us at KLV1063. Also, whose decision was it in the middle of this coaching cycle still to present this lawsuit? Isn't this something that could have waited a week and a half? Uh, it, 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 if the lawyers advised him, hey, do it now, right after you didn't get the Giants job, while well, he's still up for a couple of coaching jobs, including the Texans, that's some smooth brain stuff right there, too. I would say it's at least more honorable that he did it before he got a job because then you can say he's falling on his sword for the greater cause, but you undermine all of that when you heckle a black coach that just got a job over you. I also feel like you don't have to fall on your sword. You could wait, be employed, and then file the lawsuit, still bring attention to it, and not have to fall on a sword. I want Brian Flores to have a job. Yeah, I don't want him to have to sacrifice his living I agree with him when he says he has the gift of coaching. He's, he's a good coach. He's, he's going to be a good coach. gifted coaching. He is. He is. And he is an unbelievable defensive mind. He, at the very least, should be one of the highest paid defensive coordinators in all of football, if not a head coach again. Yeah. And this is the stuff. This statement yesterday, taking a shot at Lovey Smith, that I fear is going to keep him from getting back in the league at all, ever again. And I think he's getting bad advice. It just seems to me that, and again, I'm no legal expert, but it feels like he's getting bad advice. Brian Flores and his lawyers, are they to blame for Flores' current predicament? 888-760-3776. Vinny is in West Palm. What's up, Vin? Uh, I'm not a legal mind, so let's start with that. (laughs) But um, I will tell you, you know, he made a, a, that, this is another major mistake, and, and I'll give you another great thing that I, I listen. He, he talks about his integrity, you know, uh, mm-hmm. the integrity of the game, integrity of the game. But then he comes out and says that Stephen Ross uh, was willing to pay him for losses. Where, where any legal team is going to say, okay, why didn't you present that while you were on the team? You know, why didn't you make that known back then? If you're if you're so big about your integrity, now we're going to call into question your integrity because. You waited till you were fired, and then you were salty about it and, and did that. Now, another black coach who's got all, a great resume yeah. gets a job, and you go on and attack him, they're going li- to sit here, and it's going to make a really, really bad impression immediately. Yeah. Take for a- another point is, unless they have something written or, or, or uh, audio taped, this is a very hard case to prove, the, the, the stuff with the Giants. Belichick could say, oh, I would talk to somebody I was missing. First of all, Belichick's not going to give up anything, even on stand. You know he's not. Right. I mean, Spygate, all that other stuff. He's never. He's going to keep his mouth shut as much as he possibly can. So now you got to have something. If he doesn't have something concrete, this is going to come back on Brian Flores even worse than he thinks now. There's multiple different things that he's doing that are bad steps. Uh, the fact that he waited to, to out Stephen Ross, and if he doesn't have direct proof of it, it's going to look really bad when he's calling into uh, account his integrity. Uh, these are some really, really bad steps. He should have done it a different way. Um, he should have called out Stephen Ross while he hired him 
when I was still working for the Dolphins and said, listen, this is what's going on. I just want to be up in front and I have the information. Uh, otherwise, don't present it if you can't prove it. And, and the last thing I'll say is this is going to turn, if it continues down this road, really bad for him. And he's not going to be an NFL coach. He's not. No. But the rest of the owners are going to get together and they're going to be like, listen, we're not going to allow this guy coming in because he's going to, what's he going to say next? He's going to be calling into question anything, and we don't know what he's, you know, what's true and what's not true. I don't want him near our our, our uh, uh, organization at all. He, everything he does and touches, it's going to be something negative. He's even attacking coaches that have nothing to do with this. We don't, you know, let's let this problem go away. There's other coaches we could take care of, and, and other coaches that deserve it. And yes, he's he's well qualified, but sometimes you just don't hire those people that have you know that cause problems. Sure. So uh, if this keeps going the way it is, I, I mean, he's going to be a coach at FIU if he doesn't <laughs> you know fix yeah. the situation. And, and so. that is the the dregs of uh, of coaching society. Thank you, Vin. Uh, I it's it's one thing to call out executives and to call out ownership. Okay, it's been done plenty, and it's rightful. It's another thing to call out someone in the same fraternity who has fought the same battles you have. Before you. Before you. A guy that low-key paved the way for your route. Like, he's a defensive-minded black coach who got an opportunity and took a team to a Super Bowl. It just, it leaves such a terrible impression. I, I, for the life of me, can't understand the strategy of that. Now, one more thing before we break. I, I, and Keeley tried to make this point, and and I and and I I know that that Vin just said it. Why didn't he call it out when it was happening? If Stephen Ross was offering him money, if he's talking about integrity, I get it. Because listen, you fought this hard and waited this long for a job. I'm not going to let someone else's actions, someone else's lack of integrity, yeah. take away the opportunity that I have earned. I'm not doing that. I can be the, and I'm definitely not. But. If I think I'm, I'm the most integrity-filled person, I'm still not going to let someone else dictate whether or not I should stay in a position that I earned. Yeah, that's a disingenuous take by people who are, again, anybody looks for any way to chop down at an issue when they don't want to believe what the root cause is. Brian, Brian Flores was naming symptoms. The root cause of this is the fact that NFL owners don't think black people are that smart. That's what it is. I mean, we, we don't have to, I know we got a break soon, so we don't have to get into all of that. But the root cause of it is, for whatever reasons, NFL owners don't think black guys are that smart. That's why black guys weren't allowed to play quarterback for so long, and that's why the fight to be head coaches in the NFL has been a long and hard battle. So for Brian Flores and this whole, oh, well, why didn't he call out Stephen Ross back when he got offered 100K? You could say that maybe if he purposely did lose those games, but he showed his integrity by leading those teams to wins yeah. and not accepting, or at least we don't know, but we assume he's not accepted the 100K per loss. So yeah. that's a stupid take to say, hey, oh, why did you call it out on the spot? Well, why would you? You're, you're, this is your first opportunity as a head coach. Yeah. Why are you going to call right. out your first boss in the midst right. of it? Yeah, if Brian Flores like, calls out his his billionaire white owner, yeah. you think Brian Flores is going to get another job in the no. NFL? Stupid. Right. But instead, Brian Flores, he gets fired, and fine, he, he brings it up. After a winning season. After a winning season, and I'm sure he's upset, but this ain't it. Calling out Lovey Smith. Lovey Smith, that was bad. This ain't it. I mean, by name, by name, call out the organization. Yeah, but they, but 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 call out Lovey Smith the, by name. The only reason Lovey Smith got a job was because I was suing the NFL. That's stupid. I mean, I I can't think of anything more detrimental to to, to that lawsuit and to to Brian Flores' cause and his future than that last night. I I thought that it was it was irony. I I, I thought that. What I was reading wasn't real. I thought it was like the onion. Yeah. But it was real. That was a real statement from Brian Flores' lawyers. Oof, I'd be having a long talk with them today.
long talk with it because yeah. he's they're paying. Uh, I'm sure he's paying them a lot more money than he thought he was going to be getting in production with stuff like that. that I could have wrote that out. Yeah, if you wanted to take the case, yeah, then hire yeah. me. He could have. Yeah, he could have called <laughs> me and said, "Hey, Ken, uh, for three million dollars, you want to completely wreck my career?" Yeah. Like, All right. Type it up. Five minutes done. Ken Levick alive with Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. You are listening to Ken Levick alive on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken Levicka. Ken Levick alive presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. Breaking news brought to you by St. Lucie Battery and Tire. We have NBA trades. In short, what you need to know, C.J. McCollum traded by Portland. He is heading to New Orleans. It appears as if the Blazers are going to try to actually put something alongside Damian Lillard long term. (laughs) I feel very badly for C.J. McCollum. I feel like he deserves better than having to go to that that just morbid franchise in New Orleans that's going to lose Zion Williamson. If Zion Williamson ever has feet that work, uh, he's going to go somewhere. Uh, and he's not going to play much longer in New Orleans. But I feel bad for C.J. McCollum. He's done too much for that franchise, done too much to help Dame Lillard in his career, and now he's off to the nether regions of of the NBA. It shows you how much respect they have for him because you know they're not dumping Damian Lillard to just anywhere. They're going to put him where he wants to go, but the fact that they let C.J. go to New Orleans to wither away is a little disrespectful. Yeah, it definitely is. And then just moments ago, Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN is reporting. You can care if you'd like. The Pacers are sending Domas Sabonis and Jeremy Lamb to Sacramento. In return, Indiana gets Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, and Tristan Thompson. And Justin Holiday. I know he listed Lamb twice in that tweet. So oh, Justin Holiday is, is, uh, is the other guy. He's not the second two, Jeremy Lamb. Yeah. Not two Jeremy <laughs> Lambs like Woj originally tweeted. Uh, I suppose that that helps the Pacers to an extent. Buddy Heald is you know, fine. I mean, it's good. It's, good it's not going to make up for Chris Levert being traded to Cleveland, which, by the way, I loved for Cleveland because the yeah. Pacers got nothing back in that. Um, I mean, Cleveland's kind of like they're going for it. Oh, they're trending. They're trending upward. They definitely are trending I like upward. Cleveland. Um, uh, but but that, that's what's happening in the uh, the NBA. So Yo, again, and everybody on NBA Twitter is trying to make sense of what the Sacramento Kings are trying to do. Do the Sacramento Kings ever know what they're doing? Yeah, and like, I, we're not a big Sacramento Kings market here, but it is worth the question. What what are they? What are they doing? I remember ever. when their owner Vivek Ranadive took over, and one of his first ideas was: Should we go four on five and have the fifth guy leak out in Snowbird? <laughs> like, what that might be working? That was a legit idea he pitched oh in an NBA God. room to his team. And, of course, thankfully, they didn't go with that. But yeah. uh, The Sacramento Kings, they are one of the if, the... if the Kings aren't the least relevant franchise <laughs> in North American sports, who's l- less relevant than Ugh. them? Like, who... Honestly. Oh, there are teams out there. Who is less relevant than the Sacramento Kings? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. I promise this may be the only time, the only time I ever mention the Sacramento Kings on this show for however long it exists. But it's worth asking in light of today where the Kings are part of a an eh trade. Right. But, but it's an eh trade that makes them worse. The Sacramento Kings, who is less relevant than them in all of North American sports? All sports. Who's less relevant than them at the highest levels of pro sports? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. I mean, 
the Arizona Coyotes in the NHL are about to move to a 3,000-seat college arena <laughs> to play for the next three years because they can't pay the rent on their their current big boy arena. Yeah. And they're more relevant <laughs> than the Sacramento Kings. It's incredible. The Florida Panthers haven't won a playoff game in decades, mm. but they now have gotten good. They're more relevant than the Sacramento Kings. I can't think of another team in my brain, this includes the MLS as well, that is Real Salt Lake is more relevant than the Sacramento Kings. It's ridiculous. Uh, I wanted to bring this up because uh, when I was coming into work this morning, like I'm sort of in a rush, and I there's a lot of stuff I wanted to get done before the show. There's a lot. It's just a packed-in day because I'm, I'm traveling tomorrow for FAU basketball, going to Western Kentucky. FAU plays tonight against Old Dominion, so my day is, is just cut. Go to you. Shorter. It's it's tight, okay? And I'm in our parking garage here. By the way, shot at Phillips Point for making us park on the sixth floor across the street in the sun. Anyways, um, we have to get up the, the parking garage, and there's a woman in an SUV in front of me. And you know, the parking garage, it's not like once you get past floor two, which is for guests in our parking garage, there's usually a lot of spots open. It's a pretty big parking garage across the street here in downtown West Palm. So I'm going, 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 going. And I'm behind this woman, and she stops. I just stops. I'm like, what is she doing? Backing into a spot <laughs> in an uncrowded parking garage. And to me, I would prefer to have to pass a parking spot and just choose another one because the person had parked too close to the line on one side. That person pisses me off less than the person who backs into a parking spot. I need to ask, because this Uh drives me crazy every time it happens, what's more infuriating when you're parking? The person who parks too close to the parking line or the person who backs in (laughs) to their parking spot? 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at KLV1063. I'm dead serious because this happens to me all the time and I can't stay quiet about it anymore. Stop backing in to your parking spaces. There's no reason for it. In fact, unsurprisingly, I have a theory about people that back into their parking spaces. And here's the common retort from those people. Oh, but I drive a truck. I drive a big automobile. So it's easier for me to leave. But what's easier about you backing into it? (laughs) If you drive a truck or a big vehicle, what's easier about you backing in to the parking space? You know what it is? I think that it's a sign of insecurity. (laughs) It's a sign of insecurity about one's ability to put their automobile into reverse and get out of a parking spot. You don't trust yourself and your driving abilities to, like a regular human being, back out of a parking spot and operate that way. I have more respect to the person that just kind of mistakenly parks too close to the parking line than I do Mm. the back in the parking spot. It's needless. You don't need to do it. There's absolutely no reason to back into a parking spot in any situation. Sorry, there's not, and no one can tell me otherwise. What drives you more crazy, the person who parks too close to the parking line or backs into the parking spot? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I got to disagree with you because that person's thinking about that latter part of their day, like leaving work. You know, when they leave work, you want to open the door, you want to sit down, you want to turn the key, you want to roll on home. You don't want to have to do all that back and out and stuff. They're just thinking about saving some time on no. the end of the day. Absolutely, no, absolutely not. It's disrespectful. It's, it, I, it is arrogant because you are neglecting who's behind you, what's going on around you. Yeah. You're the only one in the world, you know what, I'm yeah, going to back exactly. into the spot. Exactly. Because at least when you're backing out of a spot, everybody else in the parking lot can see it. Right, You can see the white lights when you're going in reverse. You can see that, hey, if you're trying to claim that spot, all right, stop your car, throw on the turn signal, and wait. Okay, Let them do their thing. And this happens when I'm bringing my kids to school. This happens in the parking garage at Phillips Point. All of a sudden, these people are just stopping. All of a sudden, you see red lights. You're like, "What the hell?" I almost rear in them. Why? Why are you stopping? You were just, you were just in drive. Why are you stopping with nobody around? Like, let's go. Just drive into a parking spot, and then you're sitting there, and you realize, "Oh, these fools are backing in," and you're held <laughs> up. You're held up. You're held up when you don't have to be held up. The person just made a right or a left-hand turn into the parking spot. Another thing is the person who then, if they're trying to turn left into a parking spot or right into a parking spot, they're going to cut it out wide. Have confidence in yourself. You all have driver's license. (laughs) You've driven before. Know your depth perception, okay? Have some confidence in yourself. I truly believe it's the most insecure that cannot back out of a parking spot. So I'm going to be with Stone on this one. First off, I was raised the backer in her. This thing in the Dorsey household, my pops taught me. He said, "You're gonna back in that spot every time, right?" So for I was raised to back her in it. Yeah, for what reason so is your dad preaching that it. to his there's, son? There, uh, no. It's because it's a Dorsey family tradition. It's a, it's Doesn't a mean family it's right. tradition. When you get that driver's license, you come home. He's like, "You're not done yet, son. <laughs> you still got one more lesson to learn." You come, you yeah. come roll out to me to Walmart. Uh-huh. I'll see if you got it. So, but what I'll say is this: Are you a guy? You have back to back. You have contiguous uh, off days, right? Are you a guy that gets your to-do list done on the first off day or the second off day? <laughs> the second off day. Of all course. right. So, so, so there's the difference. I'm a guy, so I have back-to-back off days. I like to get all my to-do list done on that first off day and chill the second off day. Mm-hmm. Just like when I'm parking, I like to back in on the front end. Now, I will say, I'm, I'm more of a courteous person in general. So if I see a line of people behind me or even a person behind me, I'll just turn in and get it over with. See, that's the, no, that's the adult thing. Yeah, do. yeah, yeah. But mo- – any other situation, I'm trying to back in just because I like to get that part over with early. And like uh-huh. you said, I'm done with work. I'm done grocery shopping or whatever. I like to be able to just pull on out. You know when you should back into a parking spot? The only time is when you're parallel parking. And if you don't know how to do that, learn it <laughs> like an adult. But you know what? I'm okay with the, the backing into a parking spot if there's no one around. You're yeah, being yeah. courteous about it. But it's the people that throw on their brakes with a bunch of people behind them in a busy parking lot. Yeah. And then they expect you to just stop and wait for them to inch in. Christina Costanza, uh, who you're here on the home team today at four, Josh Cohen on the home team. I like backing in my car. You're just upset. You suck at it. Oh. Hey, Tina, parallel park. Show me how you parallel park, country girl. I guarantee you didn't have to learn it. You know what makes you the most established driver? If you're a city kid like me and you learned how to parallel park. All right? All right? Parallel parking is harder than backing in. I will Damn right it is. That's a legitimate skill. I hate par- I hate parallel parking, but I'll back in, you know, any day. Benjamin's in Boynton. Benjamin's on Ken Levick Alive. What's up, Benjamin? Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for getting me on. Yep. So, so I'm, I'm with you. I, and I think people, no matter where you live, you think you have the worst drivers. Always. In the world. Yeah. Like that's, you know, that's just a thing. 
Absolutely. But I think in South Florida, we actually can, we, we have a stake in that, that argument that <laughs> this is the worst in the world. Yeah. I don't care. I mean, it, it, it's terrible. So, Ken, I'm totally with you. It, what, I, what I think is funny is that you're going to back up either way. You're either going to back in or you're going to back out of your spot. So you're not saving time or doing anything. You're not, you're not avoiding anything, exactly. any inconvenience. You're still going to have to back out or back in. So it doesn't matter, right? Like, you don't have to back in. You're making everybody else wait, and yeah. you look like a jackass. Yeah. Excuse my French. No, you're totally fine because they're oh. jackass. Yes. All right. I have a counterpoint, okay. though. What's your counterpoint, uh, uh, man okay, who is raised? Okay. Okay. Uh, go ahead, man. Yeah, go ahead. So, so and what I, what I have heard, though, the only thing that I could, I could defend these people about is that they say the majority of accidents in parking lots happens when you're backing out of it's your true. parking spot. It's true. That is what I've heard. I don't know. I don't have any factual data to back that up, but that's that's what I've heard. Hey. Um, so I'll give them that. But I'm still frustrated by the guy who can't park. You've parked a million times in your life. Right. Stay in your line. Yeah. How exactly. hard is that? Yeah, it's it, really not that difficult. That I agree. And if you have to take the extra second to straighten yourself out, uh, then you do it. And appreciate the call, Benjamin. Uh, so is that, do you have data to back up that more accidents occur when you're backing out of your parking spot? Well, I don't have data, but I'm just a human being who lives life and understands how things work. <laughs> and obviously... Oh, the theometrics yeah, are yeah, coming. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You could have just totally gone with your dad again. I yeah, my dad told yeah. me that every yeah. day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Theolytics. Yeah. Theolytics, what's but, been passed down. But no, what I'll say is this. When you, when you are driving to back into a spot, you see everything right so you know exactly what's in front of you You know if there's a kid and a, a kids with their mom pushing a cart and you see everything behind you so you know the situation you're backing into so you have more vision and perspective on your environment before you back in if you're backing out of a spot way less perception especially if you don't have a rear view camera you got to do a lot more looking and peeking you got to worry if somebody's coming out of nowhere driving fast in the parking lot didn't think about that did you and i'm sure more accidents do happen when you can't see what's behind you as you're backing up versus when you're backing into a spot that you've already scoped the scene on. Okay, I got my Kia K5 GT from Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. I got the camera. I got the sensor in the back, so I'm set. I <laughs> yeah, go prepared, yeah. okay? Thank you, Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. where I got my Kia K5 GT. It's where you should get your Kia today as well. GreenwayKiaWestPalmBeach.com. The selection impeccable, <laughs> including the little cameras on the back of your car. That's all it takes. And you know what? You want to know why I can back out of a parking spot and not hit anybody? Because I'm confident. I'm not insecure. I've got the guts. Yeah. All right? And I'm not disrespectful to people behind me when I'm actually parking my car. I want traffic to flow. Get some confidence, people. You were raised right, unlike Theo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You weren't raised like... If you would have been raised in that Dorsey household, <laughs> you would have understood what it took I, I to totally, back in the spot. I love the thought of Theo getting his license, driving home, and his dad said... You're not done yet. <laughs> one In more the driveway. Yeah, arms one, one more lesson to learn before you drive by yourself, youngster. Yeah. Uh, he's Theo Dorsey, WPTV News 10 of 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Lavica. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. You are listening to Ken Lavica Live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken Lavica. Hey, one more thing while we're talking about parking lots, okay? If you drive a little tiny person car, like a, a Beetle or a Fiat, mm. <laughs> like, do, could you like go halfway into the spot as opposed to all the way into the spot? <laughs> because as you're coming down the aisle, it always looks like that spot is open and you're giving people false hope. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, yeah. If you if if you drive a little tiny person car. Stop teasing us and like put the back end even with all the rest of the yeah. cars. That's my one request. And you, for those of you that drive motorcycles and park 
in actual car spots. I, I don't know. Park in a motorcycle spot if they're there. Yeah, yeah. Okay? Or just don't come out. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. For sure. Like, I just, I feel like it's the, it's the, the, the nice thing to do, yeah. okay? It's the nice thing to do. Ken Levick alive here on ESPN 106.3. Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. Are you on TV tonight? I am not on TV tonight. Tomorrow. Okay. No TV tonight. Well, uh, actually, tomorrow's Keeley, too. I'm back on TV Friday night. Okay. After the Olympics with Stone watching. How late are you expected to be at WPTV till uh, during the Olympics? Because, again, NBC carries the Olympics, WPTV, NBC affiliate, uh, Theo, Keeley, Tyree, they're all doing sports there. That's usually the last thing of the 11 o'clock, but the 11 o'clock doesn't happen at 11 o'clock because mm. that's primetime NBC coverage. There's big money involved. Big corporate NBC needs to make its sponsorship cash. So what is your, what is your cutoff time to work looking like now during the Olympics? So now, thankfully... Thankfully, on Friday, we're going to start at 11. And on Saturday, at least according to the schedule that McLovin sent out, we're starting at 11. But on Sunday, we're starting at midnight, which means our show won't be over until about 1 because Honda 5, or not Honda 5 Sports Live, but I think Financial 5 Sports Live starts at like 12.30. So I'll be sending out that TV recap around like 1, 1.15 a.m. I'll get home around 1.30 in the morning. But I'll get to watch some good figure skating with Stone, right? All right. All right. Even That's, though it's over, you can watch some highlights. Yeah. <laughs> Stone's on top of it, man. He is. We, I, I love that he was so he had the full Nathan Shen backstory. Had nothing on hockey, nothing. no storyline on hockey, but all in on uh, on Nathan Shen. All right. So he is one of the pettiest people you're going to find. No, not Brian Flores. It is a man who, if he's playing you in fantasy, he's going to FaceTime you. He's going to look you in the eyes and say, you lost, sucker. If your team lost a critical game, heartbreaker, he's going to make fun of you. He's going to point and laugh. Want to know why? Because he's a troll. He's the most petty person I know. He's Theo Dorsey, and now he stands at the Temple of Troll. Congregation, it's time to hear the good word. He prays for your sports pain. Rocio then rejoices and preaches pettiness. Theo Dorsey is in his bully pulpit in the Temple of Troll. Man, oh man, you thought it was going to be easy, right? Right? So you want to force your way out of my hometown, Uh-oh. my city, Houston, Texas. <laughs> you want to you wanna have a little sissy fit, not really play, kind of half-ass it, right? And you get forced to a trade to Brooklyn, right? Uh-oh. And you thought it would be easy. Uh-oh. I'm going to go to a team with Kevin Durant. The beard. And Kyrie Irving. The beard. And James Harden. Uh-oh. You thought the grass was going to be greener out there in Brooklyn, but it seems as we approach this NBA trade deadline, somebody wants out again. <laughs> you thought you can get you a nice little beer belly, be the third man in Brooklyn, and cruise to a championship, but KD's out. Kyrie Irving doesn't want to get the, the vaccine, so he's only here for, what, you know, half the time, and now it's all on your shoulders again. You thought it was over with, with that when you left Houston, but now you want to get traded on Thursday just like everybody else. You are soft. You are somebody who should literally soft to the touch like the Pillsbury Doughboy. (laughs) And you chunky Southpaw, you're making all us left-handers look bad because now you want to force your way out again and go to Philly where you probably cry and leave them too. James Harden, you should have never left Houston. We loved you. We took care of you. And so many people are not getting their college education paid because you're not in the Houston strip clubs anymore. James Harden, (laughs) come back to Houston, baby.
Theo Dorsey, the Temple of Troll, taking aim at James Harden. How dare he deny the fine young women of Houston their college education? Come on, man. Uh, It's time to unlock the fridge for the biggest (laughs) game of the year. Visit AJ's American Grill. McKenna's Twisted Tuna Jupiter, the Draft House, or Dave's Last Resort to enter. All you have to do is scan the QR code on site, fill out the form. One lucky fan will receive a mini fridge full of Budweiser. Budweiser is the king of beer since 1876. Brought to you by Southern Eagle, who reminds you to drink responsibly. For Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29, and Stone Lebanowitz Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levicka. We've been live on ESPN 106.3. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.